0: Welcome to another episode of the Cook, Eat, Nourish podcast with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. Today, I'm chatting to the aunt and niece duo, Anna O'Sullivan and Lisa Kleiner from Nibbed Cacao. A fantastic story over the last 2 years how they have created a thriving business of the cacao bars so people are um drinking a lot of cacao now in Ireland and they have a whole bean to bar story all about where it is sourced the health benefits so it's really really interesting make sure you listen to the end to find that each gave their uh, three tips And um, in the show notes below, you'll have some of the great links. So I hope you enjoy today's interview as much as I did. So welcome to today's episode. I have the lovely team from Nibbed here. I have Anna O'Sullivan and Lisa Kleiner. Um, Would you guys like to introduce yourselves to my audience, please?
1: Hi, y'all. My name is Lisa and I'm the founder of Nibbed. And I'm Anna, I'm Lisa's niece,
2: and I'm the co-founder of Nibd. We're a bean bar, cacao and chocolate roastery in
0: Wicklow. Super, thank you very much, ladies. So I am curious, how did you guys get started in this?
1: Well, um, so Nibd is a COVID baby. Uh, Basically, I lost my job. I was a catering manager for a very busy company in Bray and um, I was there for a very long time 16 years in that time I had gone back and done, done a lot of research and uh, sorry study and I have qualifications in nutrition and in food safety um, and I had a consulting business on the side which I had ran past with my full-time uh, job at the time and then in the pandemic I lost my job and I kind of went back to basics and went well what is it you actually want to do um, and I felt consultancy for me full time. I think I would have got bored uh, with it. And I was seeking a creative outlet. And I went down to, I always as a chef. So originally I'm a chef. And I went down to the lovely Ash, Clonac um, uh, Hill, chocolate, choose to be Alison down in Exploding Tree. And I did a two day bean to bar, I suppose, look at with her to see how it all works. Because as a chef, even though, I know about chocolate. I certainly didn't understand anything to do with bean to bar processing because it's very rare. There's not that many people doing with it. So I went down and I left going, oh, wow, cacao husks, a completely underutilized waste product of the chocolate industry. And I would really like to make teas. And I kind of left thinking, I wouldn't be able to do chocolate and cacao. It'd be too hard for me. I wouldn't be able to because it was such a detailed, complex, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I kind of got a borrowed dehydrator and I started doing all these strange mixes at home with the husks and slowly realized I was going to have a lot of nibs left over if I was using only husks. And therefore, the business grew very organically. There was no main plan. We're going to do this, this and this. It literally just went, oh, well, we have this. So how are we going to use it? And I bought a little grinder, a little five kilo grinder and then we got a unit just by chance and I just went well do you know what Lisa gonna do it do it now take the unit because they come up very rarely I felt like it was you know the stars were telling me to do it so or the universe was and um and then I called Anne and I went hey Anne what watched you think uh chance coming on board doing the website and doing all that type of stuff and uh yeah that's how it then kind of grew I suppose, Anna, you want to come in there?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose, Lisa, I was the taste tester extraordinaire as well, because I've am i always been into health foods. So I used to work in like health and wellness marketing and health food stores. And uh, yeah, so that's always been a big thing when we were doing the tastings that everything was nutritionally good for you as well. And, like, obviously, the chocolate has coconut sugar in it, but it's coconut sugar and it, it's not a whole lot. Um, But yeah, so I, I've always been uh, like on traveling good had cacao on my travels and uh I'd be like to Lisa can I please have just 100% because I'll just make it a drink and that was like a very last minute product it was like I think the last product we decided to launch like like a week before we actually launched and um that's kind of exploded recently the pure yeah, cacao It's
0: I, I just love the story because I think it's uh I think everything was as you say the stars of the universe everything kind of was just seemed so aligned and I can't believe that that was your last product to be done because for me, that's the, I mean, I know I have seen the bark and and those type of things there, but for me, that's, that's the main product that I, I buy from yourself. So, um, yeah. And each time I speak to you, I know, or even in the shops a while back, I was in health food shops trying to get it because it's, it's such good value compared to some of the more ceremonial grade, um, products out there. And uh, and they were just saying they couldn't get their hands on it, that so many people are asking for it, they just can't get it. So I love that founder story. Well done. Um, and really, it's only two years. So well done. You've achieved great things. So um, I'm delighted for you. Okay, so if we go into cacao, who would like to explain what is cacao? So I want you to pretend I've just landed on this earth and what is cacao?
1: So cacao, cacao is derived, it is a fruit, actually, um, as cacao is derived from what's called cacao pod. So a pod grows on a tree like a hanging fruit, basically. And when you split open that, that pod, inside is beans uh, wrapped in a white, sweet pulp. But inside that are beans, and they're actually green. And those beans are then taken fermented. And then, like us, we roast them, uh, winnow them, and grind them down into what's called cacao. So it's actually a fruit and it's a fruit product. Nobody in the world would consider chocolate a fruit, but that's actually where it comes from. And cacao actually only grows uh, 20 degrees north and south of the equator. So if you were to draw a line around the world and go 20 degrees north and south of that uh, from the equator, that's where you can get cow production. So it can be grown anywhere really where they have those weather conditions. Um, Yeah, so if you were just coming down in the world as an alien, uh, cacao, I would tell you, is an extremely nutritious product. Uh, We're not used to really in Europe to seeing it in its traditional form. We're more used to seeing it browned down and made into chocolate with the addition of lots of other ingredients into it. But actually the way that we sell it is very rare because it's literally just taking the bean and doing those couple of few steps to it um without the addition of anything else. And that's what it is. And drinking it every day is traditional in South Um America, in some of these countries, um, but not so in Ireland yet. Um yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm I'm one of those who have it every every morning now. And I if I don't have it, I really miss it. And sometimes I'll have it twice in a day as well. So Lisa, could I backtrack you a little bit? So I would do a lot of fermentation in my cookery demos and, you know, I'd be all into fermentation. So can we go back a little bit to the process you said? So first of all, the um, so we've got the pod and we've got all the beans that are going to come out of the pod. And you said they're they're in a an outer white piece. Is that right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So I was there actually last March. I went. So we first of all, really important. And I don't think people realize sometimes how much effort we put into sourcing the beans. So one of the things about bean-to-bar makers is the sourcing of the beans and the importance of um, that the people who are growing the beans get a really good farm gate price. So where we get our beans is from a social enterprise and they are organic and organic certified. And they look after the community. They also, the social enterprise um, sponsors a school, literally just around the corner, a national school. So we source them from the Dominican Republic and I went last March because I want just, you know, to make sure, you know, you're always a bit nervous. You hear things and you don't know. And I have to say, I was really, really impressed. Uh, where we use it's called Oco Caribe and they're kind of in the center of the Dominican Republic and they buy the beans from all local organic farmers. Um, and I was taken to walk the fields, our plantations. It's just incredible. So, Because they don't use chemicals, they have to multi-plant. So there were avocados hanging beside papayas, hanging beside um, cacao fruit, and and it was just incredible. And What happens is there's two harvests of the beans a year. So there's the main harvest, which is in usually April or May. Now, they said with the change in climate, that's changing. And Mm. then there's a smaller harvest towards the kind of second half of the year, so October, November. So they they basically years ago, the way they used to do the beans was they would the farmers on site would open up the pods, so they split them in half and they literally pull out this kind of white pulp. And inside that white pulp is beans. And they would have dried those beans on mats at the farms and then taken the beans in, and then they would have been sent off. But so for how
0: long are they left to, to dry? That's a fermentation process, is that correct?
1: No. So in those days, they didn't ferment. So fermentation is actually only something new, relatively new, say the last 15, 20 years within cacao production. And what that does is that brings out the flavors of the beans. So, And um, also the colors of the beans as well. So it supports those two. Now, don't ask me too much about fermentation because I wouldn't be an expert in any way, shape or form. But the, what they do is, so those now, the farms that, where we get them, Oco, they go to each farm the day they're harvested. They're pulled out of the pods. They're put into these crates and brought straight back on that day to this fermentation site. And basically what it is, is it's about, gosh, I don't know how high. It will be about two floors high, I'd say, if you looked at a building. And it's big wooden boxes. I can send you on some pictures and the big wooden boxes are stacked like that on top of each other and basically mm-hmm. them in at the top. And after one day or 24 hours, they get moved down to the next crate, down to the next crate, and then down to the next crate. And then they, they would be what they call at the optional fermentation. So initially it, they say it's anaerobic and then it moves into aerobic fermentation in the end. Um, I have information on the process that they ferment, if you ever want it sh- uh, in any more detail. But if they certainly say it really increases the flavor of the bean and really helps bring out the flavors of the bean. And that's why they ferment. Again, it's a relatively new kind of concept. Yeah. And then they get dried. So from the fermentation, they get literally dried on these high metal be- grated beds. Um, and then they get turned so they don't go moldy so what you want them to do is dry out really really well and not go moldy and they get turned during main harvest every few hours or whatever and it's all done from sunlight and heat so there's no they don't use any um additional heating or anything on these beds and that takes and take up two weeks so it very much depends on the weather um at the time and the heat i guess okay and then- sorted so our beans get hand sorted so they pull out there's ladies literally there hand sorting them pulling out any of the beans that might be black or flat or you know any bits of uh, contamination that could be amongst the beans or bits of you know yourself that would happen and uh, then they get bagged and then they get shipped
0: okay fantastic I mean I just think it's so fascinating and Anna, in terms of the, the health benefits, what would you say to someone of the health benefits can be from taking cacao?
2: Um, well, there are so many, um, but the one thing we promote the most about cacao, it, and I think it kind of gets people to kind of like listen up more, is the fact that it can be a great coffee alternative. It's a really energizing drink. So um, we all know that coffee has caffeine and that is a nervous system stimulant. So, Some of us can get a bit jittery, myself included, if we have one too many. And we're finding that actually a lot of people do get quite jittery if they have too much coffee or even just one coffee. So the thing with cacao is the main stimulant is called theobromine, and that is a cardiovascular stimulant. And that's why they call cacao a heart opener. I don't know if you've ever called that's more of a spiritual way to describe it. But um, a lot of people would say they have it and they feel really like their heart is open and they feel like a lot more love coming into their life. Um, And so that's the difference between caffeine and theobromine. caffeine is co- kind of like that peak and crash you can feel really kind of like revved up whereas cacao it's like a gentle boost um but it is still an energy you still get this sustained energy it's not like like when you have maybe a cup of tea you're not really going to feel much um so yeah the energy boost is kind of like the thing that we talk about the most but also it's high in magnesium plant-based iron Um, fiber, it's really high in fiber, 34 grams per hundred grams. So it being, um, a keto product in itself, um, it's, it's like five grams of five, five grams of carbohydrate, but quite a high fiber intake. So it's, uh, it's great for keto, obviously not if you're going to have oat milk, um, it wouldn't be keto, but in itself it is keto. Um, it's obviously vegan and, um, yeah, it's just an all rounder grounding drink as well to drink. But like, what do you find when you drink
0: it? Uh, I find I miss it if I don't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do find definitely it's I'm I'm kind of happier. harsh you know I would get that. And when I've gone for the other question I was going to ask you about was dosage. Actually, when I have gone for the larger dose and a ceremonial dose, I would have had like a very deep meditation. Is what I'd feel yeah. like, on a daily basis. It's more about getting me into the right spirit for the day. And I I can just think after this session, I'm going to go and and make myself one as well. Yeah, great. Um, And what dosage do you, what quantity, so sorry, dosage, which we talked about a lot, I suppose, within the industry, but for the layperson, how much of this would people have? And actually, how do you suggest it's made? Um,
2: So we say 20 grams per cup per person. Um, You can have... 20 my boyfriend loves 25 to 30 grams um but if you're just starting out um, uh, maybe just try 15 to 20 grams and it comes in a block and so one finger's width would be your your measurement that would be like 20 grams so it's one fifth of that mini block um because some people don't have um weighing scales and they don't even want to think about that kind of stuff so one fifth of those mini blocks is your serving size which is like a finger's width That's
0: and, a good idea. the finger's width actually yeah
2: and then you would chop it up. It chops easily. Some people are a bit intimidated by the, the block, but it does chop easily and it melts easily because it's untempered, which I'm sure Lisa will talk about now when we talk about the process. Um, but just put that like the, the way we suggest is in a pot, like a saucepan, um, which I love half oat milk, half water um, because it's not too much. It's not too milky then. But, so you get the taste of the cacao. And I love cinnamon, sometimes cardamom. Chili flakes are lovely um and you can add sweetener like honey or maple syrup if you want um we do encourage you to try it though without sweetener just to begin with just to see how your taste buds react to the bitterness um because it is 100% pure cacao like it's going to be more bitter than your usual hot chocolates um that you you know you find that are laced with sugar um but the bitterness is actually very good for us um that's another thing that health benefit it's, it's it's bitter the bitter is good for our liver it's good for digestion um, and we can't, we feel like we shouldn't be promoting to sugarcoat everything in our lives. Um, so yeah, and then you just, it is important to kind of whiz it up or blend it in some way. So if you have a whisk or um, one of those stick blenders, uh, because the fr- that, that really, we try to emphasize this a lot. If you can blend it, it just makes it so much frothier and creamier um, because of the cacao butter that's still in it. It's not like powder. Um, it needs to kind of just blend in with the liquid a bit better. Okay. Yeah.
0: Great. Okay. So you've sold us on the health benefits. Yeah. And so if we go back to the sourcing, um, I know, Lisa, you had spoken about the social enterprise in the Dominican Republic and how the money is put back into it. And it's, it's collected from um, the local organic farms. Is there anything else you wanted to add in terms of the sourcing?
1: Well, I I suppose uh, really important for us was the organic uh, certification. So I think if somebody is drinking something every day and I don't think we think about this very often, you know, I think you should choose organic, especially for something that, that you are consuming on a daily basis because it is free from chemicals and you really don't want to be drinking something that is full of you know, toxic chemicals. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, there is a Netflix programme on, um, a Netflix programme on Netflix, and it's uh, it's it looks at cacao production in Africa. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't but, actually, no. yeah, The scariest thing about it was, what's well, it's either Channel 4, it's Dispatches programme has one of them, and there's another one on Netflix. I think it's the Dispatches one. And they look at Africa. So uh, what happened with uh, cacao production, especially for the very, very big, chocolate producers in the world they realized if they moved everything to these countries in Africa East Africa um, that they could produce it very 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 cheaply and that's what they did and what that program showed was a lot of small African holders of bean holders who had who were getting no money on their farming aid price so they there were years where they weren't making any money at all but the scariest thing for me was that these guys were literally using chemicals willy-nilly on 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 their products so I think for us what we wanted to do was make something, if it was going to be pure, it had to be really pure. And we are also organic certified. So the whole business is organic certified as well. Hence, we can use the term um, because organic, that word is actually protected on packaging. Um, Yeah. So sourcing was very, very important. And also that for me, I wanted to get it from a country that would have a tradition with the bean. If you know what I mean, they had a relationship to the bean, And they loved it. And when I was walking around the plantations, he was so proud of his harvest. It was just great, you know, and it was great to see it and to feel it. And therefore, I think for us as a business, it is so important that we look after those farmers because without them, we have no business, you know. And I think that's why paying the proper prices is only fair. You know, it's not about making millions and millions. Yes, everybody wants to make money and make a profit. But like uh, to whose expense? I think, and that's where small businesses can actually make a big difference if we all just take the time to go down that route and look after small guys, you know. Um. Sorry. So, <laughs> so you know,
0: no, that sounds great. I I love to to hear and to delve into where things come from and you know knowing about it all. So that's that's great. Um. So before we go on to the whole process and how those beans are actually going to get from the DR over to here, um, some are ceremonial grade. They are, um, you know, particularly with a lot of different within the wellness industry. So what is the difference between, I know there's a big difference in price. uh, What is the difference between, say, the ceremonial grade and your organically ethically sourced cacao?
2: Um, so yeah the ceremonial grade um, thing we don't call our ceremonial grade some people would refer to us as ceremonial but from our research it was a term that was coined about 20 years ago by a ceremonial cacao brand so that brand kind of made up not the rules but kind of defined what it would be and they say it needs to be from a Mesoamerican country and we're not exactly Mesoamerican in the Dominican Republic, we're just the Caribbean up the road. And what else it needs to be blessed by a shaman? But some brands don't do that. What else? Um that it needs to be the, the bean, what the
1: hand They need to be. So I um what, what we didn't mention was that's actually three different types of yes, so um. There's a Criollo, which is the very, very ancient type of cacao bean, which actually traditionally grew along, widely along the banks of the Amazon. And the Amazonians used to go and collect this um, and then bring it up. There was one main processing place on the Amazon. um, And that's where the original Criollo came from. And really, really rare, really expensive uh, cacao. There will be very little Criollo that will be original now. A lot of it will be a planted hybrid of some sort. And the second one is Trinitario, which is the type we have. So that is a mixture of uh, Criollo with a local bean, um, which is also considered a very good quality bean. And then the third type would be Forestero, And Forestero would be the type of bean that would be used, say, in your Cadbury's chocolate or in a cheaper type of chocolate because it's it's. it's quite a hardy bean it sticks up against a lot of bad weather conditions and they seem to be able to grow it in huge cultures you know all around the world um but traditionally with the ceremonial they say it should be criollo that's you know an is. Yeah. so but
2: in saying that there are there are brands around the world that don't fit under those terms but would still say they're ceremonial um another thing is people say that um everyone it all needs to be all women um handling the cacao along the supply chain um so that's another term i've heard explaining what ceremonial is as well
0: Um,
1: okay so it's interesting it's not it's not if there was a rule as to what you could say is ceremonial and what's not ceremonial or if there was a patent to it or if there was because we we've done an awful lot of research into this and because we couldn't get a very clear answer we decided not to go down that route for us it's all about the everyday enjoyment of your cacao drink you know you you know people choose to use our brand in their ceremonies it's exact. it's it's 100% cacao I'm not going to say any more than that but like we want people to drink it every day because this part of your nutritious daily diet I'm telling you is so good for you you know um, so we just wanted to make it a more an everyday thing, hence the price and, um, you know, accessibility.
0: Fantastic. No, I, I will have me sold over anyway, you know that. Um, OK, so now we have all the beans and they're in the DR. How do they get here and how are they processed and how do they come into that lovely neat bar that I can buy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: How long do we have? Yeah, so, uh, in a few I minutes. I think people realise how many steps goes into making one of those bars. Um, so basically, I buy, because we're not big enough at the moment, we don't import directly. So we import through an importer in the Netherlands. Um, so we know the cacao is hugely a uh, relationship with the Netherlands and they do an awful lot of importing. Um, from a lovely place called Crafting Markets and he specializes in handpicking these very special beans and really good quality products Um, and we have a very good working relationship with Albert um, and then we would order now we're up to about a ton a month so we get a couple of pallets being popped off at our front door and then I have to find very strong men to lift in our 70 kilos the bags are 70 kilo um, and I know if you've ever seen them they're very 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 heavy like a dead weight of of these beans so we juice them roughly around a month I'd say at the moment that's what we're going through um basically they come in and then we roast so the beans get put into the roaster and they're not raw we we don't say they're raw at all the reason we roast is a to increase the flavor profiles the beans so each cacao bean in the whole world has a different flavor depending on where they're grown, depending on the type of bean they are. People don't realise this because a lot of chocolate all tastes the same, same. Whereas if you were to taste cacao, you would get lots of different notes behind it because that's all you're getting is the cacao, if you know what I mean. So our beans, after we roast them, they go from fermented, which would be quite acidic and kind of um, cherry flavour, they move to a more peanuty, brownie flavor with hints of cherry at the end. So they do have an acidic back tone and that's a typical Dominican bean. Um, but we roast very gently. It's a very gentle roast. We don't aggressively roast. Um, and then we take them out of the roaster and they have to get cooled before you can winnow them because you can't. So winnowing is the process of separating the outer husk from the inner nib. Um, And then they get those nibs get broken up. So roughly around 20% of the bean is the husk and the rest is the nib. And then they go after being cooled into a winnower and then that separates out the husk from the nib. So now we have our nibs and now the process really begins. So then the nibs go into, um, we have these big machines, they're called conchers, melangers. As a chef, I'd never seen anything like this before, and basically they use these machines for making nut butters as well. So they'd be very traditional Indian machines, and basically what they are are they are big, big granite stones. There's no heat applied in this process. They're big, big organic stones, and are granite stones, and at the bottom is granite as well, and then the rest is stainless steel. And basically the bowl moves around and the wheels turn and you just keep adding the nibs really slowly and under that friction and pressure the fats from the nibs get released so we have about 45% fats in our nibs which is actually a low fat content for a nib so most nibs have to up, on average up to about 57% fat content whereas ours are only about 45 so we have to be very slow about adding it because it's obviously less fat available but it goes from the dried nibs into this pure liquid over around a couple of day process. And when we pour it off, it pours off like pure liquid. So if you get your bar or block of cacao and melt it, that's the way it comes off our
0: machines. That's uh, amazing. And I, actually what I'm going to do in the show notes is put the, the link to the reel that you have, because I think it was quite a while ago the reel went up, but I'll put the link in because I just think it's fascinating to see how it makes because when I was looking at the reel I was thinking okay is there a step missing there but it's actually just that for a couple of days you continue with that friction process and yeah Yeah. it's amazing
1: so the so the heat on the outside if you touch the outside of those machines say after about six or seven hours because they're working hard now because they're grinding down 30 kilo of this stuff and they're actually very warm on the outside so I'd say you probably get up to about 55 degrees in that in that and there's no heat in those machines at all so that's just that friction because you keep the tension on so you can release the tension and the thing about conching and melanging is the longer you leave it in the more of the acids and the bitters that get released in into the air and the more of the chocolate flavor that gets held down into the so it's it's like I guess it's a little bit like fermentation. It's developing, developing the flavor during during the movement process. If you know what I mean,
0: yeah. I like that. So the acids and the bitters are released into the air. The more that you yeah. go, and you get the more yeah. chocolate flavor. Okay.
1: For example, if we left that on for two weeks, you it wouldn't taste of much at all. In the end, it okay. would that would have been gone in the end because you it's it's after you're after losing
0: it. If you know what I mean. Okay. And so when you uh, roast them, what type of, I know you say it's a gentle roasting, what type of temperature are they, they roasted at or?
1: Yeah, so it depends again on the harvest. So each harvest is different. So you have to look at your, your, your kind of profiles and see what, what does it need? Does it need a little bit of hard? Does it need less temperatures? Yeah. Um, we roasted around 150, I think, around between 130 and 150 oh, We bring, Sorry. That's not true. We bring the beans up to about 120 degrees. So the oven would probably be about 180, yeah. Okay. But the whole thing is to get the bean up. So we wouldn't have the beans at a much higher temperature than that.
2: And it is uh, traditional to roast the beans um, in South America. Um, they would do it over fire um, and that to they, bring out the flavor.
1: Yeah, they yeah. really should yeah. see it. Literally, they're, they're black on the outside now. Um there's a lot of people who believe in raw and raw. But actually, I was reading that, uh, you know, sometimes the roasting process actually helps with nutrient releases and things like that. So, look, you can always find the research that will agree with you if you search hard enough for it. That's
0: true. I would use cacao nibs, <clears throat> excuse me, for their pure um, cacao content and antioxidants, etc. when I would make different bars and things as I say to people, you're not going to sit down and eat it on its own, but they can be added in and they would be the raw cacao that you would add into that. So I'm just um, really interested to to get all of the the facts, but yeah, I can definitely recommend the drink. Okay. So we've done the health benefits, of sourcing and the bean to bar. Next, can I ask you, because I always ask my guests three tips to help improve the health of the nation. So I don't know if you want to do one person does two. I don't know. You guys decide.
2: You do too. I've got one <laughs> I can just think of. Because I said to Lisa, think of something and then I, I didn't think of myself.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to say three and I'm going to let Anna say three because I'm a different okay. generation. So you might have a few old years on here like myself. Um, for me, the health of nation has to be eating properly, exercise and lots and lots of
0: Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. Look, Lisa, Anna. Uh,
2: well, I'm not that different, but um definitely exercise and eating well. But like educating, try to really educate yourself. Um, do the research on what what suits you as well in your body, um, and then obviously, of course, nature. I think nature. We all need to get out into nature even though it's Ireland, it rains a lot, get the rain gear on and just get out no matter what it is because nature is, nature is therapy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And, um, I suppose probably just to give you a quick chance to tell us about some of the other products that you have.
2: Yeah, sure. So we also have, um, three dark chocolate barks, Um, So they're a 75% base. Um, One is activated hazelnut. That's another thing we do. We activate the nuts so that they're easier for digestion um, because there's phytic acid normally on raw nuts. So it just kind of helps to break that down. Um, So hazelnuts, um, salted nibs, and and maple syrup. And that's one bar. Then we have a peppermint chia crunch. So there is a dehydrated brownie, a vegan brownie in the middle uh, infused with peppermint and sprinkled with chia seeds. Uh, And then an orange and walnut. So the activated walnuts as well, uh, bark. And then we also have nibbles. So cacao nibs that we've jazzed up a little bit with some orange and cardamom and some activated pumpkin seeds. They're really nice on like porridge or yogurt or like, you know, vegan ice cream. And we also have two cacao teas. So Lisa mentioned about having so many, so much cacao husks. So as an answer to that, we made a cacao tea product and we have a toasted coconut and we also have an orange and cardamom and it's a way lighter version of the pure cacao. So I always love the teas in the afternoon and I love the cacao in the morning because it's a bit richer and I have it for my breakfast. And then we have, oh, oh, we, we did have two uh, hot chocolate spoons, but we're discontinuing them. (laughs) Okay.
1: Add. we have uh, big plans for this year so uh, we're hoping to do a crowdfunding uh, starting in march or february uh, for a new product that we're hoping to launch and um yeah we've we've kind of after nearly two years we've kind of seen what direction we want to take the company in we've got a lot more folks we've learned so much haven't we anna like it's mm. just incredible. but really what we can see is the cacao is the future and we can see how people like the reviews we get are it's unbelievable how much people have saying it's changing their lives having a cup of this day and how much better they're feeling and um yes yeah, uh, like i get blown away like anna sends them to me because she gets them all on instagram and i'm going oh my god i can't believe they just said that you know um, so I think we're buoyed up by our customers' feedback and we have some plans going forward. So watch this space, everyone.
0: <laughs> That's exciting. And can I jump back quickly to the bark you were saying? So obviously chocolate that people are going to eat isn't isn't 100% cocoa solid. So you mentioned, I think, that it's 75%, is that what you said? Yeah. So just to explain, how do you get from your cocoa bean to your 75%. What do you do?
1: So with the 75%, so the cacao is literally just the nips. There is nothing else added in there. But with chocolate, you add usually when when you read chocolate um, and you read a label, it'll say cocoa solids. And um, they they consider their cocoa solids will always be their cocoa mass, which they bought in, plus cocoa butter plus their sugar. So that's usually the three bases of any chocolate. So for us um we use the nibs we grind down our own nibs and we add a little bit a very little bit of cocoa butter just to give it a little bit more silkiness and coconut sugar which would be very unusual to find in um chocolate because usually people use the white sugars Um, and the reason we use the coconut sugar is because it has also got more health benefits than cane sugar and we only use 25%, which would be about 50% less than traditional chocolate. So we actually use very, very little. And it is only a three ingredient chocolate. So there's nothing else in there. We don't use any stabilizers. We don't use any artificial flavorings, colors or anything like that. Um, so we make that base, that, that chocolate base. And then from there, we take that chocolate and put it into a tempering machine now because I'm not doing it by hand anymore. Thank God. And uh, literally, then we can um, make our barks by we roast our our, our and activate and dehydration to all that separate and have those ingredients ready to go. And then we just make our barks from the tempering machine. But it's all in house,
0: everything is done in house. Fantastic. And so, if some of the listeners wanted to get their hands on it, where is the best place for them to, to go?
2: Um, definitely to our website um, because there, all of our stockists are listed listed so you could find a local stockist but also you can buy online and we have a very busy e-commerce store so we'll happily take your orders
0: um, what's your website there if you want to let them know
2: nibbed cacao so n-i-b-b-e-d c-a-c-a-o.com
0: fantastic and i will put the links below as well so ladies did you have anything else you wanted to add in before we finish up today's podcast? Yeah,
1: I suppose something that we didn't mention, which I think is very important to the brand, is our packaging, um, and one of the things, so we are organic certified, it's very important, but we're also in the, currently in the application for Origin Green, and where we have a full sustainability plan in place, so we are moving forward as greenly as possible, as we possibly can, um, and our packaging, yeah, so if you do buy the cacao, you'll notice the packaging, you should feel that paper, that's actually made from grass paper, So it's grass uh, and cellulose. And then those labels that are around it are also fully compostable. So that is the inks and the adhesives. Um, And then our other packaging uh, with the barks uh, is cellulose sleeves that are compostable. And then the outer boxes are recyclable. So we are, I suppose, really wanting to make as natural a product as we can. And that's something that we will spend a lot of time on. And also with regards to waste, on-site waste. So the husks, we talked about the husks and having that as a byproduct. We are working with other businesses um, and hope to have some exciting collabs coming up in the future where we can give them the husks and they can put them into another food product. Um, We're also getting research done on them as well because they're highly, highly nutritious. Uh, And actually, funny enough, uh, when I started out in this, I met a lecturer in TUD and... um, he wrote a book about the Irish back in the day drinking cacao tea or, or chocolate teas they used to call it um, from the byproducts from Cabri's production inside in the Liberties. So we didn't we didn't make anything new here. Apparently, the Irish were drinking this stuff for years. But uh, again, we were more sustainable in those days. And now we're going back to be more sustainable again. So um, if anybody has any amazing ideas or suggestions to us with their husks, please. Drop us an email because we're willing to talk to anyone about it so we don't have any waste at all.
0: Fantastic. So thank you so much, ladies, for taking the time to chat to me today. And I hope you have um, inspired my audience to try the cacao and I suppose really to be reassured about the whole process and where it comes from. And I mean, definitely, I would say give it a go and and see what you think. So um, thank you so much, ladies. And thank you for having us. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Emilian. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast on Cook Eat Nourish with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. I'd really appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast to help spread the word. And if you pop over to my website, Fiona's Food for Life dot ie you'll find lots of recipes videos inspiration and upcoming courses thanks a million